Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parenting podcast. You know, parenting young children is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And if you're trying to teach your children to be patient or to use kind words, you're probably going to have to repeat yourself day after day after day. But don't give up. When they're young, uh, they really need time to learn those lessons and internalize them. I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta. He's the Vice President of Parenting and Youth here at Focus on the Family. And uh, Jim Daly and I talked with Ginger Hubbard. She told us how to correct our kids and uh, teach them in a way that really sticks. You had a situation with your son, Wesley. I don't know how old he was. You can fill in those blanks. But he was aggravating his sister and yes. doing it in a very unique ways, never the same way it sounded right, like. Because he yes. would hear you, and then he would do it differently. Yes. Describe that, and then how you applied the aggravating chapter here yes. to help your little son do a better job not aggravating. Right, yes. When they were little, Wesley went through this phase where he was just constantly aggravating his younger sister, Alex. And his favorite thing to do is what he affectionately referred to as the lion game. <laughs> and with the lion game, this involves Wesley getting down on all fours, um, just growling and snarling and drooling as he would charge after her through the house. Scaring her to death, yes, I'm sure. I don't know why she wouldn't like that, but she didn't. And he would also come up with all of these other games that were very irritating at her expense. And I just sounded like a broken record all day long. It was just, Wesley, stop. Knock Wesley, it off. Stop quit. it. <laughs> yeah, Wesley, Alex doesn't like that. So just, and he would stop the behavior that I told him to stop, but then he would just move on to something equally as irritating. Right. And so the problem was, is that I wasn't looking at it as a heart issue. And he wasn't looking at it as a heart issue. It was all behavior. Yes. And the reason mm. why that problem continued all day long, but just manifested itself in different forms, is because the outward behavior was the only thing ever addressed. And so he would obey and stop the behavior I told him to stop, but then he would just, you know, come up with something else. And so finally, I realized that I had failed to reach his heart. I had failed to pull out the sin in his heart that was causing him to constantly aggravate his sister. So I finally realized that I was going to have to work backwards from the behavior to the heart, because then if he could evaluate his own heart and understand his own motive, then he would be able to govern his own behavior. And how old is he at this point? Oh, he was probably... 14. (laughs) (laughs) He was little. I would say probably five, around five years old. And so what did you do? I want to get practical here. Well, I would ask just some heart-probing questions. Say, honey, um, it looks like you are having a great time. Just judging from your laughter and the smile on your face, this great time growling and chasing your sister through the house. Honey, are you you having as much fun as you look like you're having? He, yes, (laughs) ma'am. I said, well, is Alex having as much fun as you're having? Oh, well, no, ma'am. Well, tell me, Wes, what is Alex doing? Well, she's screaming and crying. Well, honey, are you delighting in 
making your sister scream and cry? Are you delighting in your sister's suffering? Because love does not delight in someone else's suffering. Mm. And, you know, I would like to say that that's the only time uh, that I had to ask those questions and then he had it down, but he didn't. And I don't remember if it took three weeks or three months, but every time that he would begin to aggravate her, we would just go through that very simple line of questioning. And after doing that over and over and over, all of the sudden it became more and more often that he would stop that behavior on his own. And I remember very well the first time that evaluating his own heart really clicked with him. He had uh, was aggravating her. I think it was the lion game. He was chasing her through the house, and she was screaming and crying and very <laughs> unhappy, and I was just about to intervene. And before I could intervene, though, he just stopped. And you could tell that his brain was finally clicking with his heart, and he was actually asking himself those questions that I had asked him so many times. And in all sincerity, it was one of the sweetest moments in parenting, in all sincerity, he looked at his sister and said, Alex, will you forgive me for making you cry? Mm -hmm. It was just absolutely precious. Now, I'd love to say it never happened again, but that wouldn't be true because it did. But again, I would just guide him in asking him those questions, helping him evaluate the motives of his own heart instead of pointing my finger in his face and saying, this is what you did wrong and this is what you should have done instead. Just helping him to recognize and take ownership that he was delighting in his sister's suffering. And then again, just doing that over and over um, really started reaping the fruit from that. Well, again, what I love about this is you're connecting the actions to his heart. Right. And that's the whole point of the book, uh, how to do that. And you've done a wonderful job with that. Mm -hmm. And I think that is so much stronger than just trying to correct the behavior and writing the ticket. You know, you really... You're developing empathy in them and understanding their own motivations. I think Ginger was pretty wise in asking her son some questions. Um, Those are really great, effective keys to unlocking uh, the thinking and the heart for a child. Danny, what about kids who complain um, or they're disrespectful? And I've had a few of those in my home. (laughs) What are some questions to ask to get at the heart of those particular behaviors, you know, whining and, and, and just being disrespectful. John, the power of the question is an essential parenting tool. Uh, and one that I'd love to ask is, what is it that you want? And then just patiently waiting. What are you wanting? I really want to know. And are, are you wanting attention? Are you wanting control? Are you wanting for me to listen to you? And just helping them kind of divide through that. Do I do I bring those up, those possibilities mm-hmm. up, or do I just wait and let them try to figure it out? You wait and just kind of give them a little brainstorming. Yeah. Uh, you're possibly wanting attention. And then a, a great follow-up question, what do you think it's like to be with you right now? Hmm. What do you think that experience is like for you, either for your mom or for me or for your brother or your sister to be with you? What's it like to be in that space with you? Because from where I'm seeing it, this is what it looks like, and what would, what would that feel like to you? Uh, many kids can understand the world from the feelings perspective, not necessarily from the descriptive cognitive, right? Yeah. So when I say, are you wanting attention? They may know what that means, but what does it feel like when people don't pay attention to you? And do you feel like you're ignored right now? Are you wanting attention from us? Because we can give that to you. You don't have to ask this way. 
there's a different way to do that. Okay, so before we wrap, it occurs to me that as a counselor, you've seen lots of parents and, and families and teens. So um, let's land this segment with just two or three uh, questions not to ask your child when they're complaining or disrespecting. What comes to mind is, yeah, that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, the, the first one would be just the, the, the word why. Why? And I've heard parents say, well, why? Why would you do this to me? You know, and uh, okay. uh, why would you do this to our family, right? And just with that tone, and there's no connectedness. There's just a shaming hmm. type of question there. Or um, what do you think this does to us? What do you think this does to us? You know, and just a very confrontive question. Yeah, yeah. Tone makes a huge difference, John. And how, how, how about, do you ever talk to your teachers that way? I have a friend who said that one time to a child. <laughs> <laughs> Comparing it out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's natural. We're going to bring in the wrong question yeah. as parents. It's inevitable, John. And one thing you want to do for sure is is make sure that you look for connection even when there's disrespect because you're teaching them how to handle relationships in the future and help them make those connections, right? This is helping the future you, and I want you to successfully connect. Well, if you haven't been by our website lately, I do hope you'll stop by. Danny and his team have lots of great insights, like we've heard just now from him and so many other resources for teaching your child of any age about God, about life, about relationship. And we would recommend Ginger Hubbard's great book, I Can't Believe You Just Said That, which has some wonderful uh, practical advice for parents. It's based on Scripture. And uh, we're making that available as our thank you gift when you donate uh, a gift of any amount to Focus on the Family today. Visit the episode notes or call 800-A-FAMILY for more. Next time, we'll discuss how to help older children navigate big life decisions, whether that's happening today or just around the corner for you. I'm John Fuller. On behalf of Danny and the team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. Mm -hmm.